Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Corey Wharton Malcolm, aka Bit Beefy, and I am the host of this podcast, The Tub Hub. Welcome. Now, if you missed out on episode one, two, three, whatever episode it is we are on now, listen. But this week, joining us, we have a very, very good friend of mine, Chop, aka Mark. I'm not going to tell you who he is or what he does. I'm going to let him tell you all of that. Chop, are you there? I am here. Yeah, just uh, getting comfortable. But yes, I'm here. You know, it's just, uh, I think I need more bubbles. But yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> See, that is what I'm going to call this podcast. I think I need more bubbles. Yeah. Now, Chop, thank you very much for joining me in the tub. Um, now, as I've done on all of the other episodes... I have left it to my guests to tell them exactly who they are. So Chop, who are you? What do you do? And how do we know each other? Um, my name is Mark Fleming, uh, also known Chop or Chopper. You know, some people even call me Chopper, but I don't know, that's uh, an Instagram thing. Um, I'm the founder and creative director of Rosalie. Uh, we founded 20 years ago and I know we work with some very powerful and interesting kind of quirky brands out there doing some cool shit. And sorry, uh, Chop, what is Rosie Lee? Rosie Lee, oh sorry, uh, that, yeah, Rosie Lee is a creative uh, agency. Rosie Lee is kind of slang for tea, you know, uh, I drink tea and things like that. And, and I think it was at the formative time years, we kind of decided it was you know, important to have an infusion of different styles, different approaches, different from photography, CGI, to sculpture, to animation. Uh, and I think, you know, that's really been really important to us to kind of have a, like a fusion or a kind of melting pot of uh, ideas and creative when we tackle some of our projects. Awesome. And Chop, how do we know each other? Like, how, how, how have we ended up on this call together? I think as, as of many great things uh, in my life, I think uh, through running, uh, we've, I was fortunate to uh, be a part of Run Them. And, you know, I'm not the most, uh, I would say I'm quite aloof in that respect and at Run Them, <laughs> I, I kept myself to myself. And, and the, you know, I, I noticed you sitting in the back of the steps, you know, chatting, running around. And I think we kind of were aware of each other for, couple of weeks or months and then yeah well, I think through Run Them we, uh, we started to form this uh, crazy relationship. <laughs> and how long ago was that job? Like eight years ago? Yeah eight or nine years ago. That's crazy. I do you know what I, I try not to think about that sort of thing. It feels like yesterday but it probably was like <laughs> half a lifetime ago. <laughs> um, so thank you for joining me in the tub. Now, as you know, this podcast is all about exploring the word help in all its forms, kind of like, when do we ask for help? Who do we ask for help? How does helping people make us feel? And like, whether or not helping people helps our well-being or other people's well-being. So I'd love to, I guess, explore that word with you. So Chuck, when was the last time you asked for help? I thought about this because I've been listening to some of your post podcasts uh, <laughs> talks and, you know, and, and I think it, it's not really a thing I do, unfortunately. I think, you know, uh, obviously I do ask for help, of course, but I think generally 
in thinking about it, I'm a kind of a child of the 70s where, you know, asking for help and emotions and things like that was, wasn't really a thing. You know, uh, I was raised by a single parent. Uh, my mother worked hard, you know, to keep kind of things kind of straight and normal. And, you know, my brother and I just had to learn to be a bit more independent. And, you know, uh, and the way in which we were raised, we didn't have any extended family because things like that were a bit of a stigma then. And I think we just, uh, I think help and it was never really a thing that was around. You just had to get on with it. And have you, how can I word this? Now, you've got kids' job. Yeah. Do you, like, how do you talk to your, to your son about help? Well, I, I know I, I'm probably, anyone that knows me probably thinks I'm a big teddy bear, but I can imagine, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I am, I, am a, a, I can imagine that a lot of people find me, you know, a little bit difficult to approach. But with my son, I kind of, um, I know, it's, it's just totally different there, I, I, you know. I try to help him, he helps me, there's no judgment, there's no prior, there's no, you know, that's the thing. And I think, I'm not trying to make up for what I didn't really have as a child, but I think through spanning the flames and supporting him and him helping me, it like kind of just creates a really nice space. You know, he comes over to, the, to my space and we do doodles together for logos and, and ideas. And I kind of like his kind of innocence and his, again, his kind of sweetness. And uh, I know he, he doesn't give me any kind of attitude and there's no ego or hype. You know, and we just have really great chats. Um, now you spoke about ego and hype. Um, how does ego and hype affect the ability to ask for help or even to take help? Well, again, you know, we work for similar people. We've got similar connects. And it's took years to foster those relationships. And I'm very wary of people approaching me, you know, if they want something, or they want to hook up of some kind or some sneakers or whatever. And I'm kind of receptive to help, because you know, a part of my job is to do that. But then equally, you know, there has to be a bit of a filter. So I think I tend to be a little bit guarded, but really it's only a front. You know, if, 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 if you if you're a little bit cheeky and you go about it the right way, the door's always open. You know, it's how you ask is is the main thing. And I think that leads beautifully into to something else that I'd like to ask you. Like, because of not even because of the position that you're in, for, not forget the position that you're in, but because of the kind of like person that you are, as in you're clearly incredibly creative. Like, how often do people come to you and ask for help? And I guess, like, how does, like, how does that helping make you feel? I think, I think anyone that's in a leadership role or heads up a team or is, you know, uh, an owner of some kind, it's quite lonely up there. And it's very hard to kind of ask for help or lose your shit, you know, because, you know, you're supposed to be all knowing, you're supposed to know, you know, uh, everyone else loses the plot, but you're supposed to keep, you know, you, 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 should, you should know what you're doing or have at least have a, 
vague idea what you're doing. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's quite lonely in that respect. And, you know, there's a few people like yourself and other people that are going to reach out to, to kind of get a kind of second of opinion or support. But like I said, uh, my team, our team at Rosalie and the, ex, you know, the extended family, I think a few people know me well enough that I'll always kind of support. But again, it, it's something I need to be better at. Um, I think, you know, people think I'm too busy or too this. I'm not that busy really to help. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? If I would, you know what I mean? Like, come on, you know, if someone's like really needs a point of view or some support, I've always got time. I can make time. You know, it's important to help. And I think that, like speaking about help, that is... Not that's how we met, but one of the first things that we discussed when we, we first met was like, even without us knowing was how we could help each other. But neither of us asked if that made sense, because the moment I like looking back at things now of how we first met, I might as well tell the story because we spoke about it yesterday on the call. And for those of you who weren't on that call last night, how me and Chop originally met was we were in a bar um, and it was something to do with a run them crew party and I, I really can't remember why we were in there but Chop was in this bar by himself and everybody else was either getting food or there was someone else and I was like you know what I, I could deal with some space of my own so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and interrupt this man's space so I literally just walked into the bar I was like oh he looks familiar I was like oh hey how are you and Chop literally turned around and was and was like um listen if you're gonna say something <laughs> it better be interesting because i have a load of interesting things in my head and in order to make room for whatever it is that you're gonna say to me i need to get rid of some of that other interesting stuff so before you speak before you say anything you better be interested now i could have done one of two things there i could have like thought to myself, ah, oh, well, he either really doesn't want to talk to me, so he's like, that's why he's being like that, or he's just not a nice person. And like, the first thing I thought of, this, like, I guess, new family that I've, I've, I've been brought into, they don't have not nice people, so there must clearly be something else going on. So I was like, I've got loads of interesting stuff to say. <laughs> and he was like, have you? And that was the beginning of our friendship. And over the years, I guess that has been the foundation of our friendship. And that is like complete transparency and honesty. And when you go to people for help, it's a lot easier to get help when you are transparent and you are honest. But that requires uh, a certain level of, I guess, exposure, showing people that you are vulnerable, showing people that you do need help, showing people that you aren't necessarily good at this. And then I'm not saying you have to sell yourself, but you then have to literally tell this person like, well, genuinely, why should I invest my time and my energy in, into you? Now, some people might be listening to this and thinking to themselves, oh, he's not a nice person, but these are all of the things that most people think, but they won't say that because like society frowns on it from time to time. But I guess our relationship has been a lot easier because of that honesty and transparency job. I think, you know, I think uh, looking back, uh, I, I, I can just imagine that we've talked about this a few times and we're kind of 
know each other well enough to laugh about it. But looking back, it's slightly embarrassing to have said, <laughs> you know, uh, whether I've had a couple of beers or things like that. I can't, you know, again, you know, I don't always recall things. I think in my defense, um, having a learning difference, uh, I found out later, you know, I have dyslexia and I found out uh, other things. But, you know, it's not as if I'm not well-intentioned. And sometimes it does come out a little bit too direct. And I apologize, you know, and I apologize to anyone who's tried to come to me for help and I've just given a little gruff kind of little... I wouldn't change anything about you, Chuck. I wouldn't change anything. Well, but, but, you know, again, we talk about empathy, we talk about this and, you know, yes, it probably was a little hurdle to jump over, you know, to see, you know, like I said, I think over the years I've offered help for people and they've never shown up. And you go, oh, yeah, okay. But, <laughs> uh, you know, or you kind of, they give you the sub story and then it's not. And so I think, you know, if, if I am to help, you know, I'm not saying I'm super busy, I'm stacked and things like that. I really want to help, but, you know, there's only so much you can do. And if I build, you know, bring the resource of the company to bear, it has to be something worth it. You know, if I'm going to mobilize a team to support it, you know, I've got to be committed because my team and the other board will challenge me on that. And I've got to be able to go, do you know what? You just seem like a nice guy. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think that that's, that's kind of good enough depending on who I'm speaking to. Right? But then generally, you know, things have to be somewhat uh, tangible. You know, like, okay, if we're going to help, okay, we'll, we'll invest a week of time. We'll do this. We'll support this. Hey, hey I, I can relate to this. Maybe, you know, Paul or Russell or whatever can kind of partner up. So, yeah, I mean, again, when, when, you, when you recount it, like, it sounds absolutely diabolical. <laughs> it doesn't. But, 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 you know, I think anyone that kind of knows me, you know, I've, I've had people, mutual friends of ours, kind of say that shat on them, when in fact, what well, I wasn't. I was just trying to be robust and challenge them and, and see if they were watertight, so to speak. And, yeah. like, you know, and, and see, you know, uh, what they're really asking for, because, yeah. And then when you, when you help people chop, how does that make you feel? Do you think that like affects your well-being? Does that make you feel all oh. warm and fuzzy? Well, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it is gratifying in the risk, you know, I, I thought about this, you know, there's, there's one or two people that have helped me personally and professionally, and I think really fondly of them you know, and, I, and I'll defend them and I'll, I'll put their back. And these people probably never remember helping me like that. And, you know, I'm not saying I want to be thought of like that, but it is a really important, you know, you go, you know what, I want to be that guy, you know. Sorry, that doesn't, that sounds bad. I don't do it for the sake of getting a high five and gratitude. But, like, there's some things in life that can't be measured by money or hype or, or freebies. It's not just a good feeling, you know, when you see some of the guys you know, start their business or leave their job to do something else or, I don't know, do whatever. You know, it is, you know, wicked, you know, because I think you talked in your last chat about how perpetual that is and that reinvigorates me. And it goes, yeah, it kind of puts my trust back into the world, you know, that, you know, when, when, the, when the universe is ready, it will help me too. So you kind of get in what you get out. Get out what you get in, sorry. <laughs> And like during 
Is there anything that you would change from the beginning of your career where you were, I wouldn't say stubborn, but you thought it would be more beneficial or easier to drive forward on either, whether it's a personal project or a business project. And I guess later on down the line, you found that either partnership or collaboration or just leaning on someone could have helped with this project. I think, I th we talk about things like this. If you're happy where you are, all the bumps, all the knocks, all the scars, are all worth it. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, you know, some, yeah, there are some shady people out there. There are some genuine people out there. And I think, you know, being helped and to help others is really kind of cool. And, you know, th there's some people that have believed in me, you know, uh, they've supported me. And, you know, I talk about this quite a lot. Uh, my job is pretty, uh, it's almost like walking a tightrope. I tend not to think about things too much. Right, because if I lock down, I kind of go, oh, shit. But the thing is, I know, <laughs> I know that my friends and my network have got me. So therefore, you know, I'm happy to jump off a cliff, you know, because I know that my team will essentially build a plane on the way down. You know, it's that, it's knowing that your friends. I love that, man. And, oh, no, I've ripped it off someone else. But, yeah, but the, uh, it's, 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 that, it's like a safety blanket. When you have that. You, you can dare to jump further and higher and, and do more, you know, it's a bit of a kind of an obligation really, you know, there are a lot of people out there who don't have what we have. And, you know, uh, there are people that can't leave their job to do this because they've got bills to pay and things like that. So, you know, I think where I can facilitate that single parent that needs to do this, help that person with a job placement, or do a thing that maybe you can just give enough breathing room for this individual to kind of navigate this situation, which people have done for me. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's important. And do you think that that skill set or mindset is something that can be taught? Or do you think that someone's, I guess, someone can rewire or reprogram? like a way of thinking or a way of being to a place where they are comfortable with jumping out of a plane, like knowing full well that regardless of what happens, they're not going to hit that deck at full pelt. Like something's going to happen because that's kind of what most of what it is that we do is built on. It's our ability <laughs> to jump out of a plane and literally scream, fuck it, on the way down. Yeah. Like thinking to ourselves, is this parachute going to open or is someone going to swing in on a plane or like, am I going to hit an eagle just before I hit the floor, which is then going to roll me off into some super Mission Impossible role? I don't know. I think, you know, uh, I think it's part foolishness, part, <laughs> part braveness uh, and, you know, and in, and in part, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You know, I'm a strong believer in that, you know, uh, it, you know what's what's the worst going to happen? You know it's it's quite interesting that people kind of hold themselves back. But then you know if you've got a solid team and you know how that you can ask for help, I think one of the, the things probably speaking for myself, but I assume quite a lot of men do, they they use telepathy. <laughs> <laughs> 
and they get really frustrated when no one reads them. Like, yeah. can't you see them fixed? Can't you see? And like, and everyone's like, you, you try to leave hints around, you know, whereas, you know, someone else would bang doors and do this and whatever. I think, I, I, I think my, people who know me know when I'm upset and when I need help. Uh, but yeah, generally you have to be a part of um, Vulcan to work it out. But yeah, uh, and, and that's to my own de 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 detriment. But I think there are people out there that, that can learn to be uh, risk averse and things like that. Not reckless, not a gambler, but to be, you know, I think that, that I've never gambled. You know, I take educated risks. I play the game in front of me. Um, well, I played the man in front of me. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not a gambling man, I'm a risk taker. But I think there are some people that just don't. And you know, that's, that's fine. You know, um, I, I, I think over the years I've mellowed when I see people not, in my mind, not living to their full potential or, or moving or this and next thing. But, I get frustrated for them, but I've, I've mellowed with that. Uh, I've, I've learned to kind of walk away. And then sometimes, you know, does that kind of make sense? I think- Yeah, no, it makes perfect you, you sense. Can't, you, can't, you, you can't, yeah. And, and I get really, really stressed. And I, not stressed, I get agitated. And I go, it's there, what in front of you? Come on, come on. And yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's, and that again with my son, you know, uh, it, it's, I have to show, I don't have to show him the way, I have to, sh I, 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 I'm not going to make it easy and he has to, you know, what I mean by that is he's got to find his own way, but I can shine lights to say, hey, this is interesting, what about this way, what about this way, it's, it's interesting, you can't, I think anything good in life has to be kind of earned and fought for and bled for uh, and then, then you cherish it more, if things are given to you easily then I think you kind of sometimes you might disrespect them or just take it for granted. And you know, there's someone out there that could really done with that. And you're just like, ah, that can't bother me. I won't turn up. You know, has that has, has that sort of thinking chop been brought more to the fore, like due to the situation that we're currently in? Uh, yes, you know, it's tough. You know, uh, we're lucky in some respects. To, to have contingencies and a plan. Uh, but as, as, you know, plan, you know, doesn't mean anything, you know, as twice yes. a day. Yeah, a plan only, you know, until you're smacked in the face, then it all goes sideways. But yeah, it's, I think, again, knowing that my family, you know, as long as we're together, it doesn't really matter. And I think, you know, everything else is just excess, you know, and uh, some of the guys at work, we all know like the fundamentals of what makes us happy. And yes, it is to have, have nice toys and things like that. But yeah, I think we've, we've kind of uh, tried to be always very humble and modest and tried to be relatively transparent with everyone. And, you know, and I think that as people appreciate that. And then since, since all of this has been happening, all of this has been going on, Chop, have you discovered a new happy place whether mentally or physically, I heard a rumor that you've been you've been getting into gardening, and that's been helping you have fun. Well, you know, baths and uh, or baths or <laughs> uh, isn't really my thing. Uh, I think I tend to, you know, 
I'm too busy. And that says I'm too busy. I, I don't treat myself. I, I don't help myself enough, you know, to go for, you know, I'll, I'll chill out and have a bath. I'll, look, I'll be kind to myself. But what I've been doing a lot recently is, um, is you know, getting into the garden a little bit. And, and it's, it's pretty insane what you see, what a little seed can do and a little thing, you know, and even weeds. I've really got into weeds at the moment because they're... Uh, you know, yeah, you can look at the really nice flowers, but these weeds are tough little fuckers. You know, yes, they, they are. <laughs> you, you, you pull you them out, putting them out, and they come out. They come out swinging every time. I swear to God, he's like going, yeah, these guys are tough. You know, and I think that that selection of pulling them out makes them. You know, and again, it's a metaphor for life. You know, the, the tougher you sometimes treat these things, the more resilient. And some of those dainty flowers that we have, you know. If a wind comes, they do it. Right, but yeah, I think having time in the garden just to chill and empty my brain without, you know, the phones pinging and things like that. I just empty my, my I think it's a little way of being kind to myself. Now, for, for people joining us from the, the creative industry, uh, I would like you, if you would like to, to share, like, what you did today as I was blown away by some of the questions that you were, were asked, your depth of knowledge. Like, what, what, what did you do today at around 11 o'clock? Well, uh, I was interviewed by uh, Nikki. Uh, she's a recruiter and a DNA judge. And, you know, I did a post uh, a week ago about mindfulness and... And she reached out and said, that, you know, that, that was a very nice post and a very kind post. No, uh, sorry, Chuck, who does she work for or who does she represent? As uh, many listeners might not know who... Oh, she's a recruiter. Yeah, I mean, she owns a recruitment company, but she works for uh, DNAD, which is a kind of a creative, a creative kind of a platform uh, that award uh, pencils and awards to the best creative, the best advert, illustration, installation, and things like that. I think... Uh, it's one of the highest accolades uh, within the creative industry, uh, at least from a UK point of view, but I know they are international and they're quite revered. So know. it was a pretty big deal that she just texted you and said, oh, can you do a chat? Well, you know, <laughs> I talk about this a lot. <laughs> you get comfortable, mate. I know they got a dead arm. Um, I'm always surprised that people have heard of us. I'm always surprised that people are interested in what I have to say or our team. And I think we kind of play our, we're quite simple like that. Uh, you know, yes, we work for very high file work. You know, our work is revered. People queue for it. They steal it, you know, the eBay. <laughs> you know, they, they come, you know, you know, some of the campaigns that we've done for Nike and Beats and things like that, they're like global and they, they change and add to popular culture. And, but to me, it's just a project that I enjoy. And, you know, and I, I enjoy the joy that it brings others, you know, especially when creative, you know, work with yourself and people like Charlie and Nike, where they use the power of creativity to, uh, you know, to, in the community or to inspire a community. And, and today, I was asked lots of questions about that. How do you start, you know, what do you do? Uh, you know, all, all the tough times and the hard times. So yeah, it was a really fun uh, project. I'm really glad to kind of share some of it and hopefully uh, 
inspire people uh, to do it because um, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Um, uh, and hopefully kind of maybe give people a, I mean, back when I was young, there was no such thing as a creative industry. It was there, of course, but no one knew that. You know, now, you know, there's, there's a whole plethora of things that people can do, you know, uh, if anything, you know, yeah, the whole world is like creatively biased at the moment. Do you think things have changed um, as to how to get into your industry? As in, you obviously said that when you first got into things, there was no such thing as a creative industry or a label for it. So now that there is this booming creative industry, like people's entry point or people's training or people's skill set, like has that changed a lot? And is that like better or worse or different? This, this all, we, I talk about this a lot and, and, and bear with me, like just because you've got a computer doesn't make you a designer. But then equally, you don't have to go to college to be a designer. You know, one of, the, one of the directors at Rosie Lee, he never went to college. So he kind of worked his way through it. And I think, you know, it's about attitude and things like that. And it's easier than ever before to kind of make a start, you know, Instagram, uh, Tumblr, WordPress, all those things make it so easy for people to have a digital presence and then leverage that. The only problem with that is there's too much noise. You know, everyone's doing it. I think everyone is like, you know, if I meet everyone's a producer, an art director, an MC or this and next thing. So it's about being different or being sharp enough to kind of cut through. And do you think the internet has had a positive impact on, I guess, the creative industry or a negative impact or both? Because I know we talk about books and referencing a lot. Yeah, I think you can't deny the power of the internet and what it does. It brings, you know, ever before you could find something. But then equally, um, there's an art to knowing how you know, there's there's so much stuff that's offline there's so much great music films you know in the world of uh, algorithms and things like that it's amazing how limited your view can be but uh you know there's some great books films you know just listening to other people talk uh, and i think if you want to know how we find our inspirations it's things like that you know yes the internet is Cool right? But sometimes there's things that happened that was pre-internet. You know, there's even things like rave culture, which is like a whole scene that no one really documented. You know, it was pre-iPhone, pre-all that. But it, that 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 scene was like seminal. And yeah, I think sometimes to be truly unique, you have to use your own um, offline resource because you know that's unique to you now without giving away too many of your secrets i didn't i didn't tell you i was going to ask you these two questions but if you were to to recommend uh one either book or album or reference or place for someone to go and be inspired whether that's a book a place a country wherever where would you send that person for inspiration um, if you were from the UK and Western, uh, uh, going to Asia, they're, they're so 
like us, but then so unlike us. Some of the things that they do of which are every day is very inspirational. Um, and again, my friends in Russia are a great inspiration. Um, I know it kind, of, it kind of, I think the things that we witnessed in China five years ago, I think was a window as to what's happening now. You know, youth culture. I mean, there with the everyday normal stuff, you know, buying stuff online via WeChat and things like that. We're so, we're only just now really kind of getting into that kind of integrated life. Um, I think, I don't know, it's, it's why we don't, I don't have any art. I've got one or two pieces that my wife has gifted me, but generally I, I, my world is such a, a hodgepodge of stuff. I can't commit to any one thing because <laughs> I love that. You know, it, it's, it's all in there. And a bit like that thing I said to you, it's all in my head, you know, and it's all, you know, it's, it's dysfunctional at best. So it's all mixed in there. And I think just go out and listen. You know, when I was lived, I was the creative director of uh, Rosalie in New York for three years. And just walking around, listening to some of the stuff. And it's like a soundtrack. It's like nuts. And it like, as much as I do like walking around with music, the world itself is inspiration. And maybe, again, offline is where it's at. Didn't the answer your question, but <laughs> <laughs> no, you're spot on, Chop. Um, and I guess the final question for people actually, I'm going to tell you a little story <laughs> because I said exactly the same thing to Manny in my podcast. Sorry, in his podcast, when I was a guest, he asked me where I look to for inspiration. He was like, Oh, can you give me an account or a name like for people to, to go to to be inspired? And I kind of said to him, but yeah, I could give you an account, but it's not really the kind of accounts that you're thinking of that inspire me. Because if all I did was, I guess, get inspired by running channels, then all of the things that I do would look exactly the same to a point as what everybody else is. Yeah, rightly or wrongly, you'll, you'll be influenced and you'll regurgitate them. Exactly. You know, and I think, you know, a good friend of mine, like, he purposely doesn't have any uh, design books. He's got books on oranges and chairs and stones. And like, he's a prolific uh, designer. And there's, you know, he's inspired by, he'll design a chair based on something that he sees on a beach in Tokyo. He'll look at the beauty of a sign or something totally unrelated. And, and, and that's how you'd be truly unique. If you look at books on running, or logos essentially you will you know it will go into your head and it yes. will your create process so you know look look in other places if you if you're interested in getting into running look into other things like cycling and um, b-boys and all sorts and, and that you know th those same things the crew culture is is old you know it all goes right back to the teddy boys and actually probably goes way way back we all runners have tried and little cliques and you know there are many reference points out there you know not necessarily just running definitely and uh one <laughs> final <laughs> one final question which is from the listeners for the last couple of podcasts and that is have you got one question for me that i might answer Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we talk a lot <laughs> Sorry, this bath is too 
Don't worry, mate. This is the last yeah, question, and we're out. We, we talk a lot, so that's a. I don't know. It's it's a tough one because I think we talk more. I think we talk at least once. Uh, once a day or every other day, there's always like yeah. WhatsApp or things like. So we talk quite a lot. Um, what about what makes you so special? What makes me so special? In, Nothing. We've had this conversation before. <laughs> I, won't go, I won't go into it with a full really. Yes. You know, you know, it, when I say what makes you so special, because you know, in some respects, you are a very unique individual and things like that. And you ask me like. How do I do it? And you know, I'm just a creative. But like we're, we're everywhere, you know. Uh, but then, you know, someone like me, I work like two a penny. But I think, how do you be you? You know, what 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 motivates you? What what? How do you, you know, do the things? You know, if what would you give? You know, to you know, how do you, how do you stand out in a very hectic world? Um. Firstly, I. I'm not special. I, I've never viewed my myself as special. Um, but at the same time, I am very special. Like we are all <laughs> very special as individuals. I think the only thing that honestly separates me from other people is I've worked out what my superpower is. Like that's that's the difference between me and many, many, many other people. I'm not special. Um, I'm not different. I'm not like none of those words apply to me. What applies to me is I work very hard um, and I don't give up. I work hard, I don't give up, and I've worked out what my special power is. And I've worked out how to, it's not even I've worked out how to use my special powers. I, I didn't work it out, it just kind of happened. And how that happened is through being authentic to myself, to my life, to, to my friends, to, to my family, to the people around me. It's about being authentic about what your dream is or what your goal is or what your vision is. And in essence, encapsulating and living and breathing like that dream or that vision. So what makes me special is I've worked out what I'm good at and I'm, I'm willing to, to run with that whether I'm by myself or, or with a team. And I guess that is, is what is, is, a, is the difference between myself and, and maybe somebody else. Like I spoke about something we were in Dubai over like Christmas. No, it wasn't even over Christmas. It was in December last year at some point in time. And we were talking about it takes like three people to, to start something. And when I say it takes three people to start something, it takes one person to like be the idiot jumping around. And I'm, I'm, the, I'm the idiot jumping around. Now it takes one other person to notice that idiot, to, to wander over for people to then think, oh look, there's two idiots like having a good time. And it's the third person to join you that, that like turns that thing into a thing that people believe in because they're like hold on if this person's got two people following him then this person can't be half bad and then one other person comes over and says oh what's that thing that you've got going on over there and that i guess that is what 
that's why I'm I, I do what I do, or that's why I'm able to do what I do, what I do, because I have convinced or fooled people into believing that one, I I love my life, like I love fun, I love enjoyment, I love making people smile, I love watching people enjoying themselves. And like someone said to someone said to me the other day, like, why do you think you exist? And I was like, wow. That's an incredibly deep question, but to answer your question, I believe that I exist purely to bring, I guess, fun and enjoyment to, 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 to people regardless of the vehicle. Because if I look at whether it's my career or my personal life, like everything has a common thread, like everything has a common thread, and that common thread is community and joy. And like as long as there's community and as long as there's joy, like I can latch my superpower <laughs> onto that and like in like hopefully people will follow so to anyone listening that's that's the only difference there's no special source it's just i get up and i i, I get stuff done and i, I think uh, i totally agree because in in some respects yeah special is the wrong word but you know i know many quote unquote special people <laughs> you know we and and you ask them they're like, hey, it's only me. You know, they're very humble. They don't understand what the fuss is about. But the one thing they do is they, they turn up. And there was a time, whether you were a DJ or a designer or whatever, when someone opened the door, they put their foot in and say, hey, I'm coming in. You know, that's the thing is they turned up and they, whatever it was that helped them, the universe or whatever, they stood up and kind of did it. So, you know, we're all, it's all within us to do it. You know, I'm no, I'm no, you know, I'm no, I'm not, you know, I've fumbled my way through this. And, and, <laughs> you know, for many years, you know, uh, I was waiting for someone to like, uh, you know, turn the light on. I go, what are you doing? And they go, what? <laughs> you know, I was just waiting to be, be rumbled. And then suddenly it turned into a career and then it turned into a company and then it turned into, you know, international and global accounts and I'm just still waiting for someone to walk in and go, what are you doing? Are you? <laughs> yeah, what are you yeah, doing? Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think just to, I think the humility to not really like, pick yourself up too much and you know, and if you do do like that, then you're, you're, you're a better inspiration because you show that you're, in not being that elevated, people can easily relate to you. You know, I have many conversations about athletes and things like that and they're almost unrelatable in that because they're superhuman and the greatest inspiration i have is like people like you and hector and charlie and some of the other people and john and jasper because they're they're the guys next door the guy around the corner it's really relatable to me and if he can do it i can do it you know the beckhams and the christianas of the world you know they're almost martians i can't relate to them. <laughs> but that's the thing and that's the power you know, if you keep it real, then people can really quantify it and hopefully apply it to their own lives. And that is the sound bite that we are going to close on, Chop. <laughs> Actually, is there anything you'd like to add, Chop? Where can people find out about you? Well, firstly, I'd like to apologise for all those people that have caught me on the end of three coffees or four beers. <laughs> and I kind of like turned around and said some, you know, uh, quick or disruptive or trying to be funny and so uh, a deep apology to everyone and and anyone you know 
I, you know, yeah, it's, it was never meant to be. It was meant to be motivational, inspirational, quizzical. So apologies to everyone out there. Well, I'm easily fans, you know, Rosalie, you know, T, you know, uh, check it out, you know, we're online, we're everywhere in that respect. But, but yeah, you know, hit me up, you know, uh, but be interesting. <laughs> <laughs>